Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. Glad to have you if you've been a part of all these shows previous. Uh, there's just been a lot to think about. And uh, I'd love to help you with these kinds of things. If you have certain subjects that are on your mind, can I encourage you to go to thinkredink.com? Perhaps you can find some material there that'll do you some good. I would love for you to have my book, The Questions of Jesus. Uh, of course, uh, we don't uh, sell them there at the ministry, uh, but they are available through Amazon if you'd like to go there and, uh, and, uh, and get that book. I'm sure that's going to bless you you'll be able to use it as a, a devotional, a daily devotional. Uh, 151 of the questions that Jesus asked when he was here on the earth. And, um, and I, I, it's just one of my favorite things to, uh, to read, to tell you the truth. I, uh, I, I, I still go through that book from time to time um, and uh, am never disappointed. All right, we've been uh, in chapter 4 of our little book called uh, The Words of Jesus. And uh, we know that, uh, that Jesus um, uh, was in the temple and was reading from the book of Isaiah. And there he found the description of the ministry that he was about to engage upon. And, um, and he read it with such power... Um, that the audience was pretty sure that that this person reading this um, was uh, under at least uh, the impression that they were indeed the Messiah. Could that be so? Jesus uh, uh, added the comment to uh, the the reading that day. This today, this this uh, scripture, this prophecy is fulfilled in your ears. So he left no doubt that he believed it. There were people in the crowd that believed it. There were people in the crowd that were offended about it. And uh, Jesus came and said, Look, uh, you need to know that although I am the Messiah, I'm still not who you think I am. Um, I know there's many people here that feel like that when Messiah comes, uh, that I'm going to toss all the Romans out of Israel and give Zion back to the Zionists and uh, going to reestablish the kingdom of God here and nobody's ever going to defeat us ever again. Uh, there's some people that believe that that's what Messiah would have and should have and certainly could have done. But he said, that's not what I'm here for. Um, as a matter of fact, even those of you who have a an outlook about Messiah and what I'm all about and what I'm doing, uh, you're going to be severely disappointed in me because I'm probably not going to uh, do what you say, what you think I should do, and uh, because I'm here to please the Father, not you. Okay, he didn't say not you. He was kinder than I am. And uh, he said, uh, I'm here to please the Father, and that... Uh, uh, no doubt I'm going to disappoint you. I'll disappoint you from many aspects. One of them is the people who don't believe I have any power um, 
will be uh, uh, disappointed in me because they're going to find that without the faith in me and, and who I am, that there is no power available. Uh, and the ones who believe that I am all-powerful, that I can do what needs to be done, are going to be disappointed that I'm going to take the stance of meekness when I'm here on the earth. I'm going to give myself to my enemies. I'm going to su subject myself to them. And, uh, and by the way, can I say here, um, do you know that that's our commission as well? Do you know the Bible talks about, uh, remember the book by Sheldon so long ago uh, called uh, In His Steps? Uh, the What Would Jesus Do movement came from that book. And um, it was uh, fairly famous for its 15 minutes of fame. And um, uh, that was all based upon a particular scripture that says that, that he was uh, falsely accused and that he was suffered for sins not his own, um, that uh, he was, uh, he, that he suffered wrongfully for everything that he did suffer, that he suffered for us and not for himself, and he did all this so that we may follow in his steps. The name of the book, In His Steps. Now, it doesn't really take a whole lot of exegete to, to understand from that scripture that he expects us to suffer wrongfully. He expects us to, um, to submit to our enemies, to give in to our enemies, to not be so um, uh, precious and so uh, they can't talk to me that way and uh, I'm, I'm better than that and you know all these kind of things that just send, seem to get us in trouble and to exacerbate the argument or the problem between us and somebody else. Uh, the Christian's way is and should be uh, that we submit and that we give in and we do suffer wrongfully. And if you do so, you'll find yourself following in the steps of Jesus Christ. You'll be doing what he did. That's the way he lived. He says, you're going to be disappointed in me because you're going to say, physician, heal thyself. But uh, you're going to find that I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to disappoint you people. So you got an idea what Messiah is going to be? Guess what? You don't know what Messiah is going to be. I'm here to show you what Messiah is going to be. And, and so just hang around and watch. Um, I know you don't like the idea that God's n not your page boy. I know you don't like the idea that you can't pray for anything you want. Um, you know, I know that people out there teach that you can't. Um, because they preach this uh, mechanical prayer, this uh, semantic prayer, they teach us that um, in the name of Jesus means somehow that you should say his name at the end of a prayer. Uh, we ask everything, we, we ask all in the name of Jesus, amen. And they always stick that on the end of the prayer. Why would they do that? Why would they say that at the end of every prayer? Why do they say Amen. And why do they say, oh, we ask these things in your name? Do you, why do they do that? Do you know? Do you know why they do that? They do that because they don't understand what they're saying. That's why. They don't understand what doing things in his name mean. There are preachers, their tongue would snap off if they ended a prayer without saying, 
in the name of Jesus. They couldn't do it. It's, frankly, now it's probably nothing more than habit. But um, saying, well, you do, the, he says we pray for anything in his name. You have to pray in his name. And how do you pray in his name? You stick his name on the end of your prayer. That does it? That in his name? Really? Is it? I can pray for, you know, the for cocaine in the name of Jesus? Huh, that's blasphemy. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the things you've asked for is blasphemy too because it's not the will of God and it's, it's so that you can consume it upon your lusts and you said in the name of Jesus and you thought that you were asking in the name of Jesus. Well, if it's not his will, then he won't do it. Well, then why ask? You got these questions? Do these things buzz around in your brain in the middle of the night? Or do you, you just happy-go-lucky and say, I just thank, thank the Lord that he's... Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I see people that are satisfied with their Christianity, and I think, you ought not be. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway uh, to, we, sh- we should have learned by now that you can't ask for anything and get it. Um, but we are to live in, this, in a state of faith. And if you don't want to be disappointed in Christ, live in faith. If you don't want to be disappointed in Him as being too humble or too meek, live in faith. If you don't want to hold Him to a, a list of questions and give Him a pass or fail grade, you need to live in faith. And faith is always predicated upon you don't know. You just have faith. Jesus is trying to teach us this, and he continues. And we're going to finish up our fifth chapter uh, today, if if that's at all possible. Um, He says, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, do here in thy country. Looking for a sign. Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Now, I I want you to listen. Are you listening? (laughs) You're not doing something else, are you? Come back in the room and and watch this. Listen to this. (laughs) I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. Oh, really? Of course they were. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, there were a lot of widows, many widows in all of Israel. Now, are you one who believes that uh, God's just going to do whatever he wants to do and it doesn't matter if you pray or not? Doesn't matter if you have faith. Doesn't matter if you ask. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's just going to do whatever he... Well, whatever he thinks is right. And so, you know, we're kind of powerless and we're just kind of riding along. Are you one of those? Are you one who believes that uh, all you have to do is ask? And that God is sitting there with the answer to your need and he loves you and he cares about you and he would hand you what you need, but you didn't pray. You should have prayed. Well, 
Okay, I did. Oh, 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 you didn't say in the name of Jesus. Oh, you didn't use the right name when you called on me. You didn't speak in Elizabethan English. Or for some reason, your prayer doesn't count. Therefore, the thing I have for you that you need so desperately, sorry, you can't have it. Is that, is that the God? What is it? I got to know. Who is the God that we serve? Jesus has given us a little insight here. He's saying God is not necessarily need-oriented. It's not necessarily the extreme need that motivates God. He says, you need to know there were many widows in Israel when that famine came through here. There were many widows, but unto none of them was Elijah sent. Uh, saved, saved Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. Saved Naaman, the Syrian. Now, he's telling us that the necessity does not necessarily uh, energize God to do something. I know you need a Messiah. I know you need an anointed one. I know you need a king. I know you need a leader. I know you need a high priest. I know you need redemption. The need is hugely great. So great that you don't even know how great it is. This need is not just contained in the land of Israel. It's all over the Middle East. It's all over the other continents of the world. This, this is a huge need. But I want you to know, Messiah wasn't sent to them, was he? He was sent to you. Need does not motivate. The need of these kind of things is, is not the motivation. The motivation is God's sovereign will. This is why Jesus says when it comes to asking for things, Thy will be done. Do you realize when you're in God's will, do you know you, you can pretty much know what it is? I've had women call me, you know, crying about their, their boys lost and everything, and need to, he needs to get saved, and, you know, and then you talk with them for five or ten minutes and find out she's been enabling him for 15 years, you know, to be the... the piece of trash that he is and you know she he can spend his his uh, paycheck on cocaine because she's going to pay his light bill you've seen this <laughs> over and over again and they say you know what do I do I've been praying I've been praying that he'll come to Jesus I said he'll come when he gets bankrupt he'll come when his when his butt hits concrete He'll come when he spends a few nights in jail. He'll come. He'll, you know, or, or he won't. But people just don't come to the Lord because they have everything they want. 
He can't bless you into this. It's, uh, there's going to be trouble in this world. We need to make sure those troubles make us better people. So, um, you know, they, they say, well, you know, I, I really care about him and I wish you'd pray for him. And I say, here's something better than praying. Okay, you really want him to come to the Lord? Well, sure I do. And you really love him? Yeah. And you want to see him in the kingdom of God? Yeah. At any cost? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> That's the kind of reaction you get. Well, are you willing to turn this situation over to him, saying, whatever it takes? I don't care, whatever it takes. Let's, let's do this kind of thing. Well, usually, uh, that's hard for a mama to do. That's why they have daddies. <laughs> that's why, you know, the people are in our life to fulfill certain functions. That's hard. That's difficult. But until you get to the point where it is whatever you want, do whatever you need to do to make this particular situation happen, to make this happen, until you get there, I don't know that you're going to get anywhere with your whatever request it is that you're making. One of the missing ingredients in a, in a lot of our prayers is, uh, number one, I mean, we're going to learn about faith and what that's all about. And it's, Oh, so it's going to be a big surprise that it's not what we've always thought. But it's not. Um, and the other thing is, is the will of our sovereign God. Our God has... He has a sovereign will in a lot of these areas. This is what he wants. This is what he wants for your child. This is the way it needs to be. And if, you know, if, you, if everything's got to be perfect in this boy's life, um, then, you know, the chances are, if you, keep, if you keep making sure everything's perfect, chances are he'll never in his, in his life ever see a need for becoming a better person or having better character or, or having a relationship with God. It's just not going to happen. So is that what you want? Is that what you want? If that's what you want, then, then, then let's pray that, you know, whatever it takes. We don't care. You want to you see a list of disasters? You want to see a list of things that have brought people to a, a, a saving and a, a relationship, a knowledge of God? You want to see a list of those things? They're all horrible. They're all horrible. Well, there's your list. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pray these kind of things? Well, when it comes to receiving from God, we have to understand that we don't understand his motivation. Jesus is trying to tell us here that extreme need does not necessarily evoke God to action. We have had an extreme need since Genesis. But it does has not evoked him to action. Not not uh, he's yeah, of course he's done other actions in in the past and with the children of Israel. And I'm not saying that's not so. I'm just saying that in the area of of uh, the redemption of mankind, the first thing that happened was Jesus appearing in that manger in uh, Bethlehem. That's the first thing that happened. I mean, he made preparations for this all along, but although this famine, although this problem, although this, 
this degeneration of human being was all over the world, unto none of them was sent the Messiah except you. You see, can you see the, the sovereignty of God here? Can you see that this is his deal? Jesus wants us to know, you might be disappointed in me, but I'm telling you, we've got a plan. We've got an action. You might as well fall in line. Just fall in line. Now, when they heard these things, those in the synagogue were filled with resentment. Resentment? What are you upset about now? Oh, we can't keep our temple? We can't keep our rites and our rituals? We can't keep our hierarchy? Well, you know, this, this guy here is a rabbi, but, you know, so am I, but he's over me, and I'm, I'm under him, and I got people under me. And Do you know Jesus, when he was telling his disciples about building a church, he says, the Romans, this is their deal. They, put, they give somebody authority, and there's people in authority over them. And there's people underneath this guy. And, and they, they report to him. So there's this big hierarchical structure, this rank and file. Do you know what his advice to his disciples was? Advice my foot. It was a commandment. It shall not be so with you. It shall not be so. Well, what about, what about our priests and our bishops and our pastors and our reverends and, and our, the hierarchical structure that goes up into our conferences and stuff in our... It shall not be so with you. Yeah, but it is. Well, since when are you doing what Jesus said anyway? Have it your own way. Build your own religion. It's fine. Just leave him out of it. Because, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? <laughs> There's a good question for you. All right, he says, when I heard these things, that the people in the synagogue were filled with resentment. They rose up in a, uh, in a body. Now, this means they, grew, they rose up in a group to thrust Jesus out of the temple and city. They intended to cast him headlong from the top of a hill. <laughs> These people, they weren't ticked. They weren't upset. They were murderous. This man was going to destroy the entire structure of Israel. Okay, let's give them a Let's give them a little bit of leeway. The Romans came in and said, you can have any political structure you want. You can have your priests and your synagogues and your rules and your religion and do whatever you want. But here's what you need to know. Rome is over it all. You can do whatever you want, but Rome's over it all. That really got them mad. But here's Jesus saying, I'm not even going to give you that. These things have to go. John taught that change was coming, and change is coming. These people didn't appreciate this at all. And so they decided, I'll tell you what we should do. 
as people of God, people who care, you know, the wonderful people we are, let's come up with a solution for this problem. Hmm. Let's kill him. Unbelievable. I just, it's just unbelievable that, that people, do you think these people know the Father? Do you think they know the Father? Absolutely not. He says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Why, how could you have any pleasure in the death of a righteous man? Was it John the Baptist or Jesus who asked him, which of the prophets did you have you not persecuted? Is there, is there a prophet that came and went in this world that you didn't persecute and try to destroy? It's a good question. However, when Jesus came, he was well aware of all these things. He lived through it. He watched it from on high. And he knew where these people were going to have problems with him. One of them was he was going to be too meek for them, and which they would translate as being weak. So, and he was going to be too strong for them. Too strong, too weak. Okay. Sounds to me like somebody's never going to be satisfied. The only way you're going to get satisfied and I'm going to get satisfied is to lay down our way and seek his way. And when you do, everything Jesus said makes sense. Everything that the Lord has decided to do for us, in us, to us, with us, it all comes together, makes sense. He's in control. He's in charge. He's in charge of me. And uh, I'm going to take whatever comes my way as his will. All right, uh, we, we spent a lot of time in chapter 5, but it's, it's just a rich chapter. He says a lot in there. I hope you're starting to see that uh, you can uh, read or hear what Jesus says, and, um, and you start to understand just by default, by osmosis, by repetition by rhetoric I don't know how it happens but all of a sudden the personality of Jesus Christ starts to form in your own head you start seeing you see him walk up on a situation and uh, and he's being tested and the Pharisee says let's do this we'll bring him to him and we'll see how he'll answer and you're thinking to yourself I know how he'll answer how do you know I know him by now I've read him, I've listened to him, I see his point, I see his philosophy, everything's starting to make sense. You know what's happening? You're starting to think red ink. All right, time for us to go for now. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.